Okay. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Is it is it a good morning? Everybody's sleeping or uh, exhausted? Who here went to bed after three o'clock in the morning? And I have my hand up. It wasn't an option. My daughter kept crying the whole night, and it was <laughs> so it was it wasn't a fun night. And I understand if if you're tired. Uh, she has her eye. She woke up and her eye was uh, swollen shut. Yeah, and as a parent, you get whatever your kid has, so I got something, so just stay away. I'm going to stay over here, far away from you guys, but I know, right? I only, I only wanted her to get it, but uh, so I'm going to say a prayer real quick, and then we can start. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for, for so many blessings that you give us, Lord. Thank you for having a group that, that comes, people that come from far away uh, to hear your word, to hear the things that are sometimes difficult to to listen to, Lord. I know that this lesson isn't easy um, because it brings up a lot of things about bad leadership, about parenting that wasn't there for for their kids, and, and things that, that we we hope to forget, Lord. But if we're going to move past them, we're going to need to deal with things in our lives, Lord. So um, I hope everybody has an open heart today, Lord, and you, you give them the, the ability to, to really look inside and, and see what are the, the issues, what are motives that, that they're doing things, Lord. And, and if there are bad motives, that we change it to be the things that you want us to, to do, Lord, that our motives are pure so that your kingdom can be forwarded so that the lost can hear about you and so that your love can be spread to the world, Lord. Thank you so much for the people who organized this, uh, Lord, and uh, thank you for the people that invited us old people here uh, and help us to have a, a really good class but a good, a good retreat and we can leave, Lord, ready to do what you want us to do, Lord. That's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So my name is Ben. And I am part of the Crossings Church uh, Interbelt. Uh, we are a church plant, and I think most of you here, a lot of you here know that, a church plant um, from the church in Wentzville. We are the first church plant that, that went out, and we've been there for about, it's going to be five years in August, I think. Right, Whitney? For sure. So, uh, and there's some of you that are here from it. For, do we have anybody that's an alumni from, how many alumni people here? Right? Oh, there we go. I was alumni. I remember coming to the first. It was actually, we didn't come to family vacation. We went to Gulf Coast Getaway back in the day. So that's how old I am. There you go. Uh, so it's been a while. So today you're here ta to listen about respecting your leaders. And I don't know the reason that you came here because some, some people I'm looking at is like, you, you're pretty respectful. Some people I'm looking at, well, okay, yeah, you got to be here. Uh, that you got a problem with that, and I understand you being here, but uh, I think a lot of people have issues with the leadership, and I think one of the reasons is that Satan's going to destroy whatever God's trying to do, do with, with this world, and <laughs> if he can destroy how you feel about your leaders, how you feel about people in authority, then he's got a foot in. He has a stronghold because he knows it's going to be hard for you to listen to others when they have to tell you the hard things, isn't it? So you know that leadership is hard. But I want to read this passage, and I was looking through passages about respecting leaders, respecting parents, and things like that, and I found this passage in Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21, that, that I was, I was kind of shocked. And it says this, If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they, di and though they discipline him, 
will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city, of his city, at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall stay, say to the elders of his city, this is our son, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. How many of you have remembered this passage? you remember hearing this? That's, that's pretty serious, isn't it? Like if you don't listen, to, take him out and stone him. That's, that's pretty drastic, right? Sometimes we have problems with disciplining, disciplining our kids. You know, I feel like this is like the, the extreme, right? This kid doesn't do this. You, t- you take your son out and you do that to him. It's like, no, son, please do what's right. Please listen, because this is what they're saying is going to happen. What I'm saying here is that God commands us to obey our parents. That's the first authority that we have in our lives. Those are the first people that are going to tell you things, that are going to discipline you, and they're going to try to help you to understand what authority is, is about. And what you see here in Deuteronomy is God giving them this, these laws because these, this was his standard for his people. His standard for his people, for rebellious kids that don't listen to their parents, is take them out of the city and stone them. And I don't know about you, stoning is pretty bad. There are two ways you could be stoned. They could throw stones at you. I don't know if you could run or something, right? But they'd throw stones at you, or they would lie you down, and then they'd pile stones on top of you. How does that sound? Until you can't breathe anymore because your lungs can't take the weight of what is there. Guys, this is serious. That not respecting leaders is going to bring you destruction. And in that time, you're, you're not going to be stoned anymore if you, if you don't do that. You know, you might get to a point where you don't realize you, got, you're, you were going to get there, and you're in prison, or you're, you've destroyed your family. You've destroyed, you, everything that you liked or that you loved is going to be lost, can be lost if you don't do that. But he's not saying only about our parents, because if you look in the Bible, and I've looked through a bunch of passages, but it's about our parents. It's about leaders in the church. It's about even our governing authorities. How do you feel about that? That means, you know, you have, to, <laughs> you have to respect Trump, right? Even if you don't like what he does. I remember I was having a meeting with our, our staff meeting, and th- this question came up, and this was in, uh, the question was, how often have you prayed for Obama, right? And it was like this the cricket, right, in the room, right, the people. And Robert said that he'd been praying, we need to pray for our leaders, even the governing authorities, because the Bible said that God puts them there and that he's his, they're his instrument to do what he, what he wants. So we need to be praying for him. How often have you prayed about Trump and about other people that are there so that they make the right decisions? But he, not, he goes further. The Bible goes further and says that we, we should respect uh, and obey our bosses. He even says for slaves to respect and obey their masters. And I don't know about you, all these, you know, even that last, that last one is like, you know, that's like, come on, right? What, what, if, what if it's a bad person? And that's, and that's how we think, isn't it? Oh, I'll respect him as long as that person is respectable. But here's the problem. When you learn not to respect leadership or authority, usually it happens regardless of who's leading. You know, you might find that great leader that, that's ready to, you know, to take you and, and help you go there, but there's still going to be those things inside that are going to keep you from doing it. 
And guys, we know today that there is a problem of respect for, for elders, for leadership, for people, for teachers. I remember a friend of mine who, who teaches in, in the University City area where, where I live, and she was saying that there was a kid there that, you know, he was, he was going, going crazy. He had all these, these issues, and his mother came in, and he started punching his mother. And this is a little kid punching his mother, hurting, hurting her. It's like, what, what happened in this situation, right? Some, there's something wrong there, isn't there? Like, there's, there's got to be, there, there's, why does this happen? And we see in so many, I have a, a lot of uh, friends who are teachers. And I'm, I hear all the time about them being pushed. <laughs> in, my, in my time, I'm a little older, right? In my time, you didn't push your teachers, right? You'd, you'd, be, you'd be out of the school already. And you know what the problem was? Even though this kid pushed the teacher, the kid's still in school. Isn't that crazy? Just thinking of things, guys, there's a lot more crazy things. And the problem is in our society that people aren't letting others face the consequences of what they do. Let me tell you a story of these, these kids. I'm originally from Brazil. My parents are missionaries there. There's this thing that happened in the capital of Brazil, Brasilia, which I know is strange, right? A strange name for Brazil, Brasilia. And this, this native Brazilian had gone for these talks in the, in the city that were about the native, you know, the natives and what they do and, and, and their part. So he came and he was the chief for this, this big tribe. He didn't come in a car. He walked all the way there. He didn't have a hotel. He slept on a park bench. While he was sleeping... These kids came along, these teenagers came along, poured gasoline on him, and set him on fire. Crazy, right? And you think, well, in Brazil, right? That happens all the time. No, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't a normal occurrence for, for Brazil, or I imagine anywhere. For one thing, what would compel a kid to go and do that to somebody? But you know what happened? And I have a Brazilian friend here who probably remembers this story. Uh, these kids, some of them were, were the... <laughs> the children of judges in Brasilia, in the capital. And because of that and their influence, they never had to face the punishment that they should have faced. And you know what's worse? They have government jobs now that pay them a lot of money. Those, so how, how do these things happen? And it happens because people stop listening to God. Because God is serious about it. As we read here, he's like, look, this is serious. You respect your parents. And I know what a lot of you might be thinking, well, my parents weren't respectable. And we're going to get to that. But if you continue in this, because now you're, you're going into adulthood, a lot of you here are, are adults, and you get to make the decisions of what you're going to do. Are you going to listen and obey, or are you going to go the same path that's going to destroy you and the children after you? In Colossians 3.20, it says this, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And here's what it's about. So if you, if you want to be part of God's kingdom, it's about loving God and pleasing the Lord, isn't it? That's what we're here to do. We're here to, God says, look, these are the commands that I want you. Sometimes you're not going to understand what it is, but if you do these things, I'm going to be pleased by them. And if you do those things, you're, you're guaranteed that you're later that you're going to be able to, to have eternal life because of your, your commitment to it. But if you don't obey the, the parents, the government, the things that, 
that, that God has instituted, then there are going to be issues and it's going to be destruction. So if you're going to please God, you're going to have to take some steps. And that's what I want to talk about today. There are three steps that I believe in, and this is not exhaustive. There are other things that people could have come out. I kept thinking about it. What is it that, what is it that I, I really need to tell, tell people that there is going to help them to, to understand that this is what they need to do? And the first thing, and you might, if you know my, my past, you might have known this, is you must deal with your hurts from the past. You're going to have to deal with your hurts from the past. I remember I was in, I was a small group leader in uh, a cross between. I bought my old school uh, hoodie here from a cross between. It almost fits me, right? This is a schmedium, right? Because I like, like them small, but I'm not small anymore. But anyway, and I remember having this small group. And, you know, we, we change small groups sometimes. You know, we, we get together, and it's, and it's a big party of I get this person or that person. It's not. It's like the hardest thing, right, of having to choose people and how, no, I want this person. Don't take them from me, or, or I want this other person. Bring them here. And I remember I got this one person that I did not want. And specifically, I didn't want him because I knew he had problems with authority. I knew that he was going to challenge my authority. And I remember thinking of that going into my first guy's meeting. And I had a decision that I was going to make this guy understand that he needed to trust leadership and that, he needed to, and that he needed to obey me in some way. And I remember going into that meeting, and I ripped into this guy. And it was, and it's not, it's not if you know me, I don't do that very much. A lot of you haven't heard me raise my voice, you know, getting, getting angry. I don't, I mean, Kerry has, you know, he's, he's seen me slam doors and do all kinds of stuff. Uh, right, I've broken chairs before, you know, punched walls and stuff. I did have an anger problem, uh, and I, I, I hope it's I hope it's gone. But I remember getting into this, and my anger, I think, got to me because I'm going to let this guy know because he started arguing with me about what was right and what we should do and this, and I was up like this, pointing to him, and you're going to do this, and the guy completely shut down, like he didn't say anything. And I remember at the end of that meeting, I was like, man, this is. <laughs> I don't know if that went really well. This is, right, this. Later, I remember sitting down and talking to him. This was months later. And, and I had to apologize because I remember thinking that my motives were the wrong motives. It wasn't about helping that guy, and it was about my leadership. But you know what the problem was and why he shut down also? was because he had a father that would do the same thing to him that every time... <laughs> You know, somebody came, he, something happened and he was mad at him. It was him shouting at him and letting him know how not good enough he is. And if he doesn't change, if he doesn't obey, and he was going to exert his, you know, his, his power on him by, by, this, by, by this fear, this crazy fear. And it never helped him because it destroyed this idea that I need to trust, I need to respect this person, even though they weren't, he wasn't respectable at all. Later, I talked to him, and I apologized. And our relationship got a little better, and he accepted my, he forgave me for it, and I, we were able to talk and, and deal with things. But he had a past that he had to deal with. Because it's not easy to think about having this loving father who cares when your history is of a, of a father who didn't care about anybody except themselves and about listening to themselves and about the selfishness and about thinking of what they they wanted them to do. So what you need to do is you're going to have to deal with the hurt that consumes you in those moments where others are telling you what to do. 
Because in society today, what they're saying is that you got to be independent, isn't it? That you got to look out for yourself, that you got to think of the things that you're going to do. And when you go, when you become a Christian and, and then you, you, you hear these things that you're going you're gonna to have a leader and you're going you're gonna to trust God, even though you don't know all everything that's going to happen, is hard, isn't it? Because we want to say, no, I know, I think I know these things and I want to. And if you don't deal with that past, you're never going to get past that. That you will need to learn to forgive the people that sometimes abused you, the people that physically harmed you, the people that destroyed what was in there, right? That, that threw you down and stepped on you and then did it again and again and again. And I understand, look, and I had a father who, who I, I believe was a loving father, but he had issues too with, with how he treated me. And I know some of you here have a lot of issues with parents who weren't what they were supposed to be. So what are you going to do with that? Because you know what's going to happen, and you hear this all the time, is that, you know, you're, you think you're going to be different than your parent. It's crazy how alike your parent is, you're, you're going to be. And I, I keep thinking of my parenting and my dad's parenting, and I'm like, wow, I, I say the same thing sometimes. And I remember hating when, when he said, you know, when he's, he would say, uh, what was the, the word that parents always say? Um... I forget, but there was a, a saying that he says that, that, that I started saying to my daughters. And, and, I, and I remember thinking, and I hate when, Carrie knows, I hate when I say something like my dad. Because one time we were together, and he's like, you just sounded like your dad. I'm like, no, I didn't. Shut up, right? I didn't sound like, I didn't sound like him. But in truth, I believe that I had a loving dad. So I know that for a lot of people who haven't had that person, because my dad was a Christian, and he believed he had certain things and morals that he did believe. But there was a lot that he did because he didn't understand. And here's the thing. If you don't forgive them and move past, you're going to do the same exact things to your kids, even though you don't want to. And maybe you'll go the other way. You know, your parent was, was, was too hard on you. Maybe you'll go the other way and not be hard enough and not discipline them. And not let them face the consequences of what they're going through. You need to deal with what's in the past. Second thing, and this might be obvious, <laughs> is that you must listen to your leaders. And you're like, I'm, I'm not going to write that down, right? No, write that down. <laughs> you must listen to your leaders. And I know how hard that is sometimes. I think... I don't think, I know God had a plan for me and, and some things that happened in my life. When I was 19, I got drafted into the Brazilian Army. And I remember going through, through the Army thinking, why did I get drafted? I tried everything to get out of this. And there you get drafted, and it's like you have to be there for a year and, and go through this. And I'm like, God, is, really? And I remember being a Christian. I remember thinking, why would you put me in this situation? I kept thinking until the last moment that I was going to get out. And that last moment when they're saying, hey, you're going to go up here and you're going to get your uniform and you're going to do this. And I'm like, what? What? And everybody's looking at, you know, looking around. I can't believe it was one of the best things that happened in my life because I had to learn to listen to authority, to listen to leaders, even though it was hard. And in that time, it was hard because it wasn't like, you know, this, this loving guy. Although the guy, my, my commander, was a great guy. He was hard, but you knew that he was fair. 
And if you did something wrong, you get points taken away, and you could be there a second year if you lose all your points. So out of fear and out of not wanting to go and do an extra guard and stay up 24 hours like again, like we did each week, like you would, you would obey this person. You would listen. And I remember it was the best thing because you can, you can ask my sisters and they'll tell you that was the best thing that happened to Ben because he used to be this bum, this slob, and he, he changed completely. And I'm not saying that everybody should go into the military. This is not what, what happens. Like, I had no choice. It was like, you're going to be in there, and that's it, Ben, and put him there. I remember one day, because I, I had talked to a bunch of, uh, my friend, my sister had a bunch of politicians that were her friends, and they went and talked to the commander of the guard and, and things like that to try to get me out. And the first day when we're sitting in class, the, the commander goes, the commander goes, yeah, there was even some guy that, you know, tried to talk to his politician friends and get him out of, out of the army, you know, and I'm looking around like, who was the idiot, right? Who was, who was that guy? Because it, it wasn't me. But guys, sometimes being in those situations are going to help you to understand leadership, to understand how important it is, how it's going to help you with discipline, and how they're going to help you to go in the right direction. And I'm talking now about spiritual leaders, because in Hebrews 13, 17, it says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them. Did you hear that? It's, it's a command. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. What advantage is there in you not cooperating with somebody who's trying to do the Lord's work? And guys, believe me, I've had, I've had a lot of small groups and there's been some that have been the people that have been the most cooperative that I've ever seen. You know, somebody that a lot of you probably know, Fernando. You know, Fernando is like one of the goofiest guys that I know. But he's also one of the most loyal guys and most cooperative guys that I know. That he's going to go out and he's going to listen and he's going to do what, what you tell him because he believes in it. I'm not going to the, name the other names. Some of you are in here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but there are so many that I can remember. And you know what the sad thing is? That the ones that did listen, and then I saw that in their other groups were listening, they thrived, and they're here. You know, I look at Fernando, and, and, and he's uh, one of our junior high leaders, right, in Wentzville. And it's really cool seeing him in that position because, you know, we know he grew. And then you can look at other people who decided to do what they wanted to do, who didn't listen to the hard things that's, that some of us had to tell them. And they went away. And you look at their lives. And I can think of some specific ones. Some that got a divorce, like got married and then got divorced in, in four months. Right? And I, and I remember t telling this person, I said, I don't think you should leave and go to this other place for a job. I think you should stay here. Find something here and grow. Because this is where you're going to grow. And he didn't want to listen. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 through 13, it says this. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. You know something I found out about being, a, being led? Is that if you don't know how to be led, that you're not going to be a good leader. If you don't understand, if you can't explain to the people that you're going to lead that this is what you need to be, 
you're not going to be able to lead people later. Because I see the ones that, you know, I want to be a leader and I want to be part of this and, you know, and do this. I'm like, go be humble and be led. Go listen to somebody else. Go listen to somebody that has been going in this direction that's going to help you to go. Because most people, they have, have this idea of leadership. And let me tell you, look, leadership, there, there are some good things, but there's a lot of hard things. And that's why it says in that passage, it says, don't, why are you going to let it be a joy to them? Because he's saying, look, leadership can be hard. You've got to make decisions that are difficult. And look, I haven't always made the right decisions. And I've had to go back and apologize to, people, to members of my, of my small groups because of thing, ways that I acted that were wrong. Some of them had the courage to come up and tell me, look, Ben, you know, I found this passage in the Bible. I think this is wrong, and I had to admit, you're right. I've had people sit down with me and do that, and I'm glad that they did that. In other cases, it was leaders that came to me and said, look, Ben, you're doing that wrong. Guys, we have a church of people who are going to deal with things, and it's not always, doesn't always happen like that, but hopefully that the leaders are going to, are going to be able to, to grow but you know something that helps the leaders immensely? Is if the, the people that they lead are following behind them, are listening, are obeying, are growing. That's what we need to do. Because a lot of times we want to complain about the leader, isn't it? It's his fault. Instead of going, what am I doing that could make it better for him? It's difficult because, like I said, there's past things. There are other leaders that came before that maybe were that maybe were authoritarian instead of being the authority, you know, the the kind of leader that you would want. The third thing. And the third thing I put in two different things. Now the first thing is that you have to give yourself up. You have to give yourself up. And I think that's one of the problems in society today that they hold on to these ideas. Do you ever get that feeling of something that's just right? You ever get that feeling? That it's, it's just it's so right, it can't be wrong. You know, you know, for me, what happened a lot of times, it was about relationships. You know, and that girl, it was, it's, it's, you can't tell me that that's wrong. You know, and I remember just, just having this feeling, and, and even though everybody I knew was telling me, are you serious? Every single person was telling me, Ben, I don't think this is the person for you. And you know what I thought? Oh, they're, they're my leaders. They love me. They're telling me because they love me. You know what I thought? I, said, I thought, they're a bunch of haters. And haters going to hate. They don't understand our love. It's so beautiful, right? They never, they never experienced this. And I can't, you know, that, you know that feeling like that you can't shake? And no matter who tells you you're wrong, it's got to be right. That relationship ended with me, well, <laughs> within the first three years, ended with me sitting in my apartment contemplating killing myself because of what I'd become. Because we decided that relationship that was so you know, pure and all became one that I was sleeping with her for a year and not telling anybody, well, I'm a leader in the church. I didn't want to give myself up. And I remember when I moved to the States, and this, this is how crazy I am. You know, 
I, I came to the States because there are all these classes that I want to. I was like at, at the point of ending my life, so I needed to find something. I moved from Brazil over to, to St. Louis because they had these classes about dealing with your past, and that's what I was talking about, dealing with your past. And I remember, I remember thinking, man, if she just had this, that that was the problem. And I brought her to the crossings. You know what that relationship ended in? Was at the end of it, her trying to kill herself and calling me, telling her she was drunk and she was doing it. She was slitting her wrists. And then Maria Brown had to go to her dorm at Lindenwood and bring the police and deal with that. And I don't know where she is today because her best friend, who is, is a close friend of mine in Brazil, hasn't heard about her in years. I don't know if she's still alive or not. Guys, what I'm saying is when you don't listen, you cause destruction not only for yourself, but for others, for situations that you hope for, people that you love. We need to listen. But you need to give yourself up. In 1 Corinthians 10.33, it says this, and this is Paul talking. And he's telling them, he says, just do as I do. And this is the part of giving up that I'm talking about. It's about imitating leaders. Just do as I do. He says, I try to please everyone in all that I do, not thinking of my own good, but of the good of all, so that they might be saved. He's saying, do as I do. Look, this is what I do. I give myself up. I do what they need. I please them to help them to, to find this relationship with God. And for some of you, you're going to have to do that, isn't it? Because your personality isn't about pleasing others. It's about figuring out what I want to do and how I want to do it. And if it's exactly how I want to do it, then I'm going to go. If you give me this position, if I can do it like this. And the truth is, it's not like that. That if you haven't been able to do it yet, that you need to listen to somebody else because it's not in there. He also says this in Hebrews 13, 7. He says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their life. When I came to the States, I was broken. I, I was. Uh, the day I moved was on Carrie's. Uh, Carrie didn't know much about me. I, thought, I think we, we exchanged two emails, and he didn't even know if I was going to come. And I got here on the day of, of his graduation, like his undergrad. And I sat down, and we went to Golden Corral, of course, because that's Carrie's favorite, you know, favorite place. And I remember sitting there with Carrie and Robert and telling them. And they, they knew my dad for several years. They didn't know anything about me. And I sat down there, and I told them everything that I had done in Brazil and the things that led me to, to where I had been. You know why? because I didn't trust myself anymore. Because what I could do is I could come, and I'm this missionary's kid, you know, and I can come, I've been in Brazil in the mission field, and act like I'm somebody else that I'm not. And if I did that, I would never have changed. I would never be here today talking to you about hope, about healing. But I remember sitting there and telling them those things because I didn't trust the guy who had made all those decisions that had gotten me to the point of killing myself and who had destroyed other people. I didn't trust me anymore. I started listening to what others had to say, but also I started looking at how they dealt with people. And I'd look at Carrie, and, and the crazy thing is God really thought that I probably needed an intensive 
an intensive situation because I lived at Carrie's house for four years and we worked at the same school. I saw Carrie more than his wife did, which is, I know, it sounds a little weird. But it's true. Like, we saw each other. We'd go to work together, we'd, you know, and we became really close. You know why, I think? Because God was grooming me, and he knew that I had a problem with listening to myself instead of listening to others. Even though all the stuff that I did led me to the wrong places. And I started imitating him. I started looking at his family and what they, how they did. I started looking at Robert and how he dealt with people, how he dealt with his grandkids. I looked at all these things. You know why? Because I didn't have it in me. You know what's strange? After I had a kid, and uh, several of you know Mia, you know, and for a time Mia was, was this crazy kid that did whatever she wanted. And Nazarene, who lives in our house, who is recently out of college, she's a teacher, and, and she doesn't have any kids, but she's been around kids. And she sat down with us. She said, look, I need to have a talk with you guys. And it's really hard to say this, but it seems like your kid rules the house, and you guys don't discipline her. And you know what feeling came inside? It was like, who do you think you are, right? I'm a 40-something-year-old man, and I know how to do this and stuff. And I can't, you know, those are the thoughts that come to your head when, you know, that disrespect that you feel. But the reality is that I'm glad she told me because I knew I needed to change. For some reason, I thought that because I was 40 years old, I knew how to take care of a kid. I didn't. And thank goodness for my daughter, Mia, and for my other daughter, Emma, that I started listening to others, that I started calling Carrie more and asking questions and doing those things. Guys, you're going to have to imitate somebody else if you don't have it because it's not there. And if it hasn't happened yet, it's not going to happen unless you are actively seeking. There's a story that's, that we've been talking about a lot in the, uh, at the crossings that we had a series that was about lost, uh, lost people and uh, the lost and found, and we were looking at Luke 15. And the last story we were looking at was the, of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son is a perfect example of this, isn't it? Of a son that looked at all the rules of his dad and said, Look, I hate your rules. I'm going to leave you, and I want my inheritance now. I think somebody's kids here. <laughs> I'll talk a little lower so I don't scare, but uh, no, you're totally fine. But the prodigal son, he looked at his dad and thought, look, I, I hate your rules. You know what? I want to do my own thing. Have you ever felt like that? I did with my dad. It was like, you know what? I'm making my own money right now. I don't need you, and I don't need you to tell me what to do. I remember I flipped out on my dad the other day, one day when he came to visit us because of my charger. I left my charger in the wall, and he, go, he has a thing with chargers in the wall. You know how they get hot even if they're not, you know, and he's like, hey, you need to take your charger out because it's cooking over there. That's my charger, and I'm going to leave it there until it dies because I'm not going to. And I remember just being, just turning into this guy, and I was in my 30s already. I was like, what is wrong with this guy? And my dad's like, okay, whoa, you keep your charger, man. It's like, it's not that big a deal, right? But it was because of all the things, you know, that had passed. And, and the, this idea of I'm not, I'm not going to accept your authority. The prodigal son did that. And I don't know if you know his story, but he took his money, he went out to the far country, and he found himself in a place that, you know, after the money had run out, he had wasted it all in drinking, prostitutes, and fun, and parties. And there was a famine in the place where he was in the far country, and, and he found himself in a pig pen. 
He found himself around pigs because that's the only job he could find. And his boss, I guess he wouldn't let him even eat the, the stuff that the pigs were eating. And, and at some point he wanted to do that, and he came to his senses. And he remembered thinking, wait a minute. He's like, at my dad's house, they, nobody goes hungry. <laughs> at my father's house, he is loving and takes care of people. What am I doing here? This is dumb. And a lot of people don't realize that. And it's cool when people come back. When people come back and realize. And they, they, and they say, look, I know I was wrong and I did this and, and, and I want to come back. Because it's them realizing that they were in the far country. And when they were with God, they had something that was, was way better even though they didn't see it. And I remember when I was thinking of ending my life that the only thing that, that kept me from doing it was one thought. That even though I was this wretched person, the worst person I could think of, the biggest hypocrite, that I know that Christ died for me even when I was a sinner. And I know that Christ loved me, and that was the one thing that kept me. Because I was thinking of pills, I was thinking of hanging myself, I was thinking of cutting my wrists. But I knew that there was something different, and I wanted to be back there. And I remember sitting... I remember thinking this, I just want to be back to where things make sense. I just want to be back to where things matter. I don't need to be a leader. I want to be, take me out of leadership. Like, I don't want to, I, I just want to be back to where I have a purpose, and I know that something that's real, because all this is terrible that I've destroyed. And I remember I, that I, I told my, I had to sit with the hardest person. I thought, I, I need to tell the hardest person. And that was sitting with my dad and my mom because they were the, he was the preacher and he's, she's the preacher's uh, wife and telling them about what I had done for a year. And you, you, it was embarrassing. <laughs> it was embarrassing to have to, and you know what? Even though I'd ended the relationship, she said she wanted to be there when I said it. And she was. And she sat there and it was the most awkward situation that you can imagine, right? But I remember thinking, I just need to be back there, and I'm going to do whatever it is. And it was that prodigal son that was going back to his father and says, look, I'm not worthy of being your son. I want to be here because I'm going to, I want to serve because you're better to your servants than the world is to all these people that, that think that they're going to get there, what, that, that are going after what they love and what they think is right. It says in 1 Timothy, Sorry, it says in uh, Ephesians 5.21, it says this. And I think my time, I don't know what time we're supposed to be done, but um, it says this, submit yourselves to one another because of your reverence for Christ. If you're a wrestler, you know the idea of submission isn't very good. And when, uh, and when uh, you know, a wedding's going on and the, they read the passage about wives submit to your husbands, right? And they hate that. I remember I was at this wedding of, of a friend that my friend was performing. And these people weren't Christian yet, and they were, he was marrying them. And he used that passage. And she was angry. She was mad because I'm not going to submit to this dude, this idiot over here that you're marrying. That was kind of how she felt. But guys, he's, it's saying here, submit, to, submit yourselves to one another because of your reverence for Christ. Submit. If you're reverent to Christ, that's what you're going to do. You know why? Because that's exactly what he did. It says in Philippians 2, 5 through 9, 
And guys, if we're going to be like Christ, this is what we're going to have to be like. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That is saying, look, and a lot of us, the thing is we want to be exalted. Right? We want to be in that high position. We want to tell other people what to do. If you want that, if you want to be in the, high, like, the highest position that you can be, be like Christ. And he was a God and he made himself nothing. What are you? What are we? We're not God. But he's saying, look, make yourself nothing. He's saying, put yourselves as a servant. Serve other people. You be the one that, that listens to others, that takes care, that you go and you deal with your issues from the past because you have to, because if you don't, a lot of times what you're going to do is you're never going to get past it. But if you do these things and you get past it, that God is going to lift you to a position that you never thought you would be. You know what the weird thing is? The weirdest thing was getting a call from Carrie. <laughs> and, uh, and this was well, five, six years ago, maybe. A little more, five and a half maybe. Getting a call from Carrie, and I was on vacation. And he goes, hey, uh, we chose, <laughs> you know, we chose who's going on the church plant. And I said, oh, okay, so what do, you know, what do you call me? I'm, am I going? He's like, yeah, you're going to lead it. And I'm like, what? And I, I remember my wife going, just like turning white, and she's Asian, so you know, just like, but turning white and, 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 going, and going, what does that mean, right? I said, I guess that means you're the preacher's wife or something like that, and, like, and she's like freaking out. But you know what's weird? When I sit up here talking to you guys, and when I'm preaching on Sunday, it's thinking how weird this position is compared to where I was. Compared to where I was when the only guy that I listened to was this guy and where it took me to. And when I started, and I did what it took, I did. I moved from the country where I lived. I took the classes that I had to because I had to deal with, with all kinds of addictions that I had, and I had to leave those behind. But seeing that when you're faithful, when you humble yourself, when you decide to do what he commands and listen, that he's going to raise you up to places that you never thought you would be. That's crazy, isn't it? It looks like it's the other way around. So stop trying to take care of number one. Start being a servant to other people, listening to your leaders, humbling yourself, and God's going to give you the life that you never thought that you had. Let's pray. Uh, dear Father, I thank you so much to be able to, instead of, ta instead of giving the, the hopeless message that I used to have this <laughs> to myself, that I get to give other people a message of hope, Lord. And the only reason I, did that I get to do that is because of people that you've put in my life. People like Carrie who's sitting here today, and I, I look at him, and I don't think there's anybody who's done as much for me as, as he has. But I know that it was your son who's done much more 
Lord, and he's already set the, the model of what, he's already given us, given us the example of what we're supposed to be because he submitted himself to, himself to his father and died a death that was excruciating. And not that he wanted to go through that, but he did it because he listened, because he believed, because he obeyed and he trusted you. Lord, help everyone here, whether it's they're trying to help lead others, that they help them, them deal, that they're sensitive to, to the things that, that they've, they've gone through in their past and help them to get through it. Lord, that they, they help them to grow into a position where they can accept leadership. For others who are here who, who look at leadership and they have a hard time, Lord, like Mike Napier was talking about, be courageous. Lord, there are times that you tell us to fear, like in Deuteronomy, that we need to fear. If we're doing the wrong things, that we're going to have to fear the destruction that we're going to bring into our lives and to others. Help us to change. Help us and the people here to become what you need them to be. And it's going to be by humbling themselves and listening to what, what you want them to do, Lord. Thank you so much for your son who was so loving to us. And it's the reason that all of us are able to have the hope we have today. And it's his name we pray. Amen.